You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to episode one, the inaugural episode of Three Geeky Ladies, part of the Stoplight Network. My name is Elisa Paselli, one of the Geeky Ladies. I'm Vicki Stokes. I'm the second Geeky Lady. And I'm Suze Gilbert, the third Geeky Lady. And welcome, as I said earlier, to our new podcast, Three Geeky Ladies. Now, how did we become the Three Geeky Ladies? Well, in a nutshell... I listen to a lot of podcasts, read some websites, read some Mac magazines, and one of the things that I heard and read a lot was people referring to women as not technologically savvy. They would say things like, oh, it's even easy enough for your mom to use or your grandmother to use. Well, I'm a mom, and I could be a grandmother, but I'm not. But I can do these things. I just found it very insulting. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of people who are in their 40s and 50s, a lot of women, who do know what they're talking about when it comes to technology. So I got in touch with Suze and Vicky, who are the only active female writers besides myself at MyMac.com. And I said, you know, the three of us understand technology pretty well. Why don't we have a podcast of our own? And as you can see, they agreed. So here we are today. (laughs) <laughs> thank you, thank you, Elisa and Vicky, for inviting me to be on the show. This this is exciting because I, I agree with you. I think you know women are um, very te- technologically savvy, and especially I'm finding um, you know with the advent of the iPhone and the iPad, for some reason I just think women have really um, you know taken to that and. Uh, I find that I'm on my iPad and my iPhone all the time, especially because I'm visiting in France. I'm using my iPhone all the time to to take photographs here. So. Well, I, I, I want to thank you guys for inviting me, too. Um, I fell upon writing for MyMac.com because I love to listen to technical podcasts. And I would listen to them and, I, and say, oh, I know the answer to that. And And one thing that caught my attention also is that there are very few women doing anything on uh, the podcast. And, and I always try to listen to the ones that did have uh, women guests or, uh, and I definitely listen to just about every one of the female podcasts. And, but it, 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 your sex has nothing to do with your knowledge of uh, podcasting and, or technology in general. So I'm glad that we're doing this. I hope, um, we get an audience. If not, I, I can I can just listen to us talk, and I enjoy talking to you guys. So that'll work for me. Yes, we, yeah, we we're do. We're really yeah. good at that. Yeah. We're, we've yeah. proven that we're very good at that. But Vicky, I fell into my Mac the same way you did. Uh, a few years ago, I was I've been listening to the podcast for a number of years, and uh, at the time, it was Tim and Guy that were hosting, and they had a contest, and I just had a feeling I would win, and sure enough, I did. And I was talking to Tim for probably about 10 minutes about my history with technology and so forth. And the next day after the podcast had been released, I got an email from from the editor, John Nemo, who said he thought that I was 
well-spoken and seemed to understand technology, would I be interested in writing for the site? And I've been doing it ever since. I think it's funny how John got me into my Mac as well. And he asked if I would write some reviews because at the time um, he knew I was a, you know, I'm a photographer and, uh, you know, there were a lot of, uh, you know, there was a lot of software and books coming out and he wanted somebody that had some experience with photography. So that's how I got into my Mac and it's, it's been, it's just a fabulous group of people. My Mac, I'm, I'm very honored to be part of that. And everybody has their own, um, areas of expertise, which yeah, is nice. Yeah, it is. So when you have a question, different people can answer the question based on, on, you know, the, whatever it happens to be, which is nice. So Vicki, tell us how you got involved in technology. Um, what was your start? Well, I was, uh, a pre-med student realized that I did not like medicine. And I wanted to leverage all of the math and science background I had. So I continued to take math classes and majored in mathematics. And um, I sort of fell into administering Unix systems because you, you program back in the day. Before there was something called a Unix system administrator. <laughs> you actually administered your systems on your own. And once I found out there was a job that just, all you did was set up computers, I said, oh, this is cool. I will do that. <laughs> uh, and um, mm-hmm. I fell into Max because my um, I worked for uh, General Electric back in the day, and they actually used um, Max for desktop publishing. And I loved how easy they were to use. Uh, we literally got rid of our PC tech support because Macs were so simple back then. Networking uh, them together just was a matter of just you know connecting them. Um, and um, this is also, um, oh, the internet was around, but we could not use it because I was working for a uh, defense contractor. And so we had no access to the internet. But um, we um, got a lot of experience using Macs. We actually were able to actually get free uh, Macs from the company too. So that made life a little easier for me. I got a free Mac, got a lot of experience using them. Fell in love with them, never looked back. Um, uh, unfortunately, you still have to live in the PC world, so you need to know both worlds. But in my home, I'm all Apple, all Mac, everywhere. <laughs> so that's that for me. Mm-hmm. How about so for you, me, my husband is an electrical engineer, and uh, he brought home a PC years and years ago, and I absolutely was technophobic. And I was furious he put a computer in the house. And he knew that I somehow needed to learn how to use the computer. So he bought me, he bought me some games. He was very wise. He bought me Seventh Guest, and then he bought me King's Quest, and then Myst. And once I hit Myst, I was, it, I was a goner. So I be, actually became a gamer first, a, a, a kind of a, a very subtle gamer. And then when I um, retired from nursing, I went back to school for a fine arts degree, and they used Mac. That everybody, you know, all our, um, the graphic design classes, the Photoshop classes, everything used an Apple. And so I found it very difficult to come home and after working on a Mac and then put everything on my PC because, you know, you had to go through the whole virus scan, you had to do the spyware scan, 
everything was slower. Photoshop was a lot slower as far as graphics were concerned. And once I graduated from school, I bought a PowerBook, and I never looked back. We have a Mac. We we have iPads. I mean, we're just a, a total Apple family. And it's just because it's very intuitive. It's very easy to use. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, and especially with photography, you know, using Photoshop and Lightroom, uh, any of those really, um, those, uh, those, the software that is a real memory hog, the Mac really works well with those. So I've, I've never looked back. I got rid of our PC a long time ago and I've been very happy. For, for me, it was way back in 1992 when my oldest son was in second grade. I told my husband that we should have a computer because now that the kids are in school and they're using the computers in school, we should have something at home for them so that they could do homework and research and so forth. And at that time, I knew nothing about Macs or Windows. I heard of them, but they didn't mean anything to me at that time. But I decided to get a Mac because that's what the kids had in school. And I just thought it would be easier to have the same computer at home that they use in school so they wouldn't get confused. So I went and I bought a Performa 200 with an, I think it was an Apple style writer, black and white printer. And from that moment, I was the one who used the computer. Even though I bought a ton of children's programs for math and spelling and reading and so forth, I was the one who used it. I opened up every window. I just checked everything and thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I've just progressed through the years from one computer to the next, to laptops, to iPhone, to iPad. And I've told people, do not call me if you need help with Windows but I will be more than happy to talk to you about Macs. In fact, I got my father to buy an iMac in 2001. And that's all he uses now is an iMac. And he loves it. Wow. And he's 81 years old. And he's still using his... In fact, the other day I went to his house, I installed uh, four gigs of RAM. He was running on two gigs, and I bought some new RAM and just mm-hmm. installed uh, four gigs. That's the beauty with Apple, though, I think, Vicki and Elisa, is that you can take out, for one thing, the packaging is exquisite. I save all my Apple packaging, no matter if it's an old iPod or, you know, uh, a Nano or my iPhone. I just think opening up something with Apple is is just brilliant. And I noticed that um, Johnny Ive just got a knighthood um, Princess Anne just mm-hmm. knighted him, yeah. I saw that. But I just think the packaging is beautiful. But what's another wonderful thing about Apple is no matter what age you are, whether you're seven years old or you're 80 years old, you can open up that device and you can hit the ground running. You know, you don't need a lot of uh, instruction to be able to turn it on and immediately start using it, which is not the case with PC. And I don't want to be, you know, totally anti-PC, but... I'll tell you, it was really it was a it was a big uh, curve for me to learn how to use you know Windows and especially like Microsoft Word, you know, just to be able to use that in as opposed to Pages. You know, for me, Pages is much easier to use when I'm doing any type of writing or um, if I want to make a newsletter or or, or whatever. But uh, Windows is a little, especially Microsoft Word and Excel. And they were a little more difficult for me. Yeah, they have too many features. 
Yeah, I've told people that were on Windows, I've converted a few of them to Mac, and I'd say the same thing to them. I said, first of all, I said, when you, when you get the computer, you're going to curse me the first month that you own it because you're not going to know where different things are. I said, but after that month, you're going to kiss yeah. my feet because what's going to happen is you're going to be used to doing things the Windows way, and you're going to try doing that on the Mac and realize that instead of taking three or four steps to do something, it's only going to take you one or two. But you're still going to be looking for that harder way to do it. And once you realize that it won't, you don't have to do that, then you'll understand. And that's exactly what happened, is that they were looking for that harder way and then realized they didn't have to do it that way. They could do it the easy way. I, I, think, I think the Mac OS is just much more intuitive. Um, if you think, well, um, I don't know how to do this, and you start thinking, where would I find this? You know, it's standard places that you can find things on a Mac. What's in the Windows world, I'm finding that applications, each application does things totally different. Even even Word and Microsoft Office, mm-hmm. they change it so often that it's just so frustrating to, to use. You'll get used to doing things a certain way, and then that particular option is hidden somewhere. So you have to search high and low and find it. And I think it's because the, the engineers developed that application, and they still got them taking control over it. They need to make it more consumer. And, and consumer is not just meaning home market. I use uh, uh, PCs at work every day. And I spend a good 15, 20% of my time trying to figure out how to do something on the PC instead of using the PC to do my work. Right. One thing that I've always found very aggravating with Windows is when you, when you um, put in a USB uh, a flash drive or a hard drive or even a CD on the Mac it shows up you can see mm-hmm. it on your desktop you can drag and drop files to your to your hard drive or to your flash drive on the Windows you have to search for it and that always made me crazy it's like why can't they just put it on your desktop and I can drag and drop because my husband uses a, a, a PC uh, because he uses one at work, so he uses one at home. And when he has a flash drive where he has to drop his files, we have to search for it. I said, that's, that's not how you do it. Yeah, there's something in the tray that will pop up, but you got to know that you got um, to go there and look for it and make sure that it has the right drivers for whatever it's doing. It's all kinds of stuff you have to do. Exactly, to, exactly. Uh, or you can have it automatically. Um, um, but you have to set these things up. You know, it's not... Yeah. Right. Where with the Mac, you know, you just take your flash drive, you pop it in, boom, it shows up on your desktop yep. ready for yep. you to do whatever well, you want Well, it's the same thing as if you wanted to put something in the trash for the Mac. You put it in the trash, it's gone. What I love about Apple is that it does things behind the scenes because on a PC, I remember I would have to go into the registry and I'd be like, what? Uh-huh. What am I doing uh-huh. here? Yeah. You know, or I'd have mm-hmm. to defrag. And uh, it's just, mm-hmm. it was so frustrating. It's just not as intuitive. And, you know, for somebody that, unlike you, Vicki, that is math challenged, like, wah, <laughs> you know, it's just an added step. I just, I just hated doing that. And I remember when I took my first graphic design class and the professor, you know, I said, well, you know, I have to defrag this. She said, What? She said, no, Suzanne, you're dealing with it with an apple. You don't have to do that. When you put it in the trash, it's in the trash. 
And I found that even graphically, it wrote so much faster. Now, I agree, you know, like my son is a big gamer. He loves, you know, World of Warcraft and blah, blah, blah. And he builds his own PC computers. I mean, he's like a Call of Duty type of guy. And yes, I realized that Apple for gamers is not, you know, quite up to speed. But for me and for what I do, it's a perfect fit. I mean, as far as uh, Lightroom, uh, Adobe Lightroom ones runs wonderful on it. The same thing with Photoshop. I can do layer upon layer upon layer. And I mean, I'm really working that computer hard. And I just think it responds, you know, wonderfully. And the same thing, I think, with some of the apps that are really powerful apps on the iPad. Um, I have the new iPad, and I've been really, really pleased with it. I think it, it. I think just the display itself, that high retina display, is absolutely exquisite. And I, my my laptop is definitely gathering dust because that's all I use now is just my iPad and my iPhone. Now, one of the things, yeah, one of the things that that's really good about the Mac also, which for some people might be a minor issue, is the fact that. Again, someone like my father, who is older and doesn't quite understand certain things, I don't have to go to their house every time he has a problem. We both sign on to iChat, Mm -hmm. and I take over Mm -hmm. his computer. Now, yes, you can do that with other platforms, but you have to go through things like TeamViewer or some sort other sort of software, and then you have to tell that person, okay, log in. What does the number say? What's the password? Here, all he has to do is go on iChat. I click a button that says take over. He says accept, and he sits back. And he says to me, how do I do X? And then I take over his mouse, and I show him, this is how you do X. And I hear him in the background going, oh, okay, now I get it. I mean, think about that if your parents live across the country. Exactly. You can't just drive over there or fly over there every time they have a problem. I do for my sister. She lives only 30 minutes away. <laughs> oh, yeah. My, yeah. my, my yeah. parents are only about 10 miles. Yes, exactly. I can't keep running over there every time. I, I, I know one time he was having a problem. He didn't understand um, how to download an attachment. So I got on and I showed him. Or one time he accidentally pulled mail out of his dock and he wasn't sure how to put it back in. So now that he's at the computer for four years, the questions are farther between than they used to be. But it was just so much easier to say, let me take over. And his, his biggest thrill is being able to do mm-hmm. video chat. Because my, my, his, his brother-in-law, my mother's brother, lives in Florida. So every Friday night at 7 o'clock, it's they chat. Cool. And they're able to mm-hmm. see each other on the camera. They do it with my sister who lives across the country. And, you know, they'll sometimes they'll do it with my son, who's away at college. And, you know, who, who thought? I mean, and he still, to this day, will go, I can't believe I'm still doing this. I can't believe I'm doing this. Well, I think, I, you know, so it, it's, it's it is amazing. amazing. I think Apple's proprietary FaceTime is actually a very, very good app. I know when my husband travels a lot, you know, if he's in Korea or Japan, once you're on Wi-Fi, I mean, we get on FaceTime and basically it's a free phone call. You know, even mm-hmm. now in France, when I'm in France right now, but FaceTiming with my son, it, you know, it's great. He can, you know, show if there's a, there was a problem with our irrigation in Arizona. So he was able to, you know, 
flip the camera around and show us the problem and we could explain it to him, you know, you need to do this, this, and this. So he was able to fix it. I don't know. It's just, it's wonderful to be so connected like that. And also not to pay, you know, a very expensive phone call because when I lived in France when I was 18, you know, you called, you know, the United States and you were talking about, I don't know what, like $30 for, 15 minutes. I mean, it was extraordinary, the the, the cost. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm really glad we live in this age, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't I um, don't want it to sound as if I hate PCs. PCs have their place. Um, it's just that um, it's, I didn't go to Macs just because of my dislike of PCs. I went to Mac it's because the software and all the applications that we were just talking about just are so unbelievably well-designed. And it also is the aesthetics of the mm-hmm. product, too. I think a lot of women like MAC products because they're, they're just pleasing to look at. And like we said before, the packaging and everything, unwrapping them, and, and just the value that you get from the product, you, the resale on them. There's so many other reasons that you want to buy a MAC once you got one. Uh, yeah, They last a long time. And they yeah. last longer. I mean... I had I went back to school in 2007 and got my degree in web design, an associate's degree, and I had to buy, I didn't have to, but I, as I found out after the fact, but I ended up buying a Windows computer running Vista, which is a, just a whole other story, and I only used it for school, did not use it for pleasure of any kind, did not put iTunes on it, it was strictly a school machine. So it was, I had it for two years but I turned it off in between uh, vacations, summer break, semester breaks, and whatnot. My husband's computer needed a new computer, so I said, "Well, here, just use this." Died three weeks after I gave it to him. It, it, they just don't have a long. They don't have the longevity. Plus, it took forever, and I not, I do not exaggerate when I say this. It took forever to load every morning because I turned it off at night. I literally, I came downstairs in the morning. Flipped the computer open, hit the on button, had breakfast, came to the computer. It was wow. just finishing. Yeah. I was like, you've got I, I think my, it's my, husband's, my husband's laptop's like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. think it's the quality control there. Um, the, the, the race to the bottom to get the cheapest product up there because that's what the consumers want. They want something that's not that expensive. They're looking for these $500 on less computers. Um, and But the fact that Apple controls... Everything from the hardware to software, you may not like yep. it. It's a closed Just system, say that. but it works seamlessly. And I don't care. All I want is the computer to do work for me. And that's all I need from a computer. I don't need to try to figure out what's going on underneath it. I don't want, need to figure out how the, the, yep. the software designer thought it should, be, uh, it should work. I don't care about that. I just want to get on the computer, do the work I need to do, and move on. And you can do that. I want to say it works seamlessly, though, Vicki. I'm very upset sometimes with the App Store. Number one, I think that they let a lot of scam apps in the App Store. Mm -hmm. I think they could police that a little bit better because you have these, excuse me, apps coming in from, you know, Korea or China. And they're charging, say, for instance, $3 an app, for example. And it's absolute, it's a scam. It's a Absolute crap yeah. app. That's what, I, I don't no try other word for it. 
I don't try so these app, people, like you know, you get a whole bunch of people that purchase this app. And what's happened is they put a lot of scam five-star reviews. So it goes up in the rankings on the app store. And I do think Apple needs to be a little more wary about that, you know. Yeah. And the other thing is that, you know, say, for instance, Camera Plus by Tap, Tap, Tap came out with a feature. It was actually a workaround. And I remember downloading it. It was a little hack that you could use the volume up button for the shutter of the iPhone, which was great. It made sense because when you're taking a landscape picture, you don't want to have to search for the camera shutter button. You can just use your volume up button. So the thing is, is that um, they got banned from the App Store for about six months, and the rumor was that Apple was buying that technology from tap, tap, tap. Well, sure enough, when um, iOS 5 came out, that was integrated within five that you could use the shutter, the, excuse me, the volume up, the plus button for the shutter. Now, the thing is, is that some, some apps are allowed to use this uh, feature and some apps are banned from it. And so tap, 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 camera plus, you can use the volume up button. And there's been other camera apps in the App Store that have had to come out with updates saying that Apple has refused or not allowed them to use the volume, you know, up button for a shutter. Now, come on. That doesn't make any sense. If you're going to say, okay, you know, we are integrating this into our iOS, then app developers should be allowed to access that particular um, you know, workaround. And I just find that that upsets me a little bit, that they let these scam apps come in, but yet really good apps, some very good camera apps that want to access this volume up button for a shutter or shutter release, they don't allow. They have to go back and rework that. So I just, I just think for me with the App Store, it's consistency. I think Apple needs to do a lot better with the App Store consistency. You know. Yeah, I have a concern with the App Store consistency too. So much so that I never try a product. I always demo a product by downloading it from their website before I even consider ordering it from the App Store. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. want to be in a situation where I'm using something that is just. You know, someone says it does all these great things and I pay for it and it's crappy. Uh, so if you don't offer a demo for your product, I probably won't buy it unless somebody uh, has used it and can tell me. Somebody I know that I can trust uh, and then I will probably purchase it. I'm, I'm sort of cheap that way. I, 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 I don't mind paying 99 cents for something, but I don't like to have a bunch of crap on my computer. You know, I mean, I wouldn't. No, I agree. The iPhone, uh, I first got my first iPhone. I had so many apps that it was just it filled my, my iPhone up and I didn't use one tenth of them. So I got rid of all of those. And now I'm very selective about what I use and what I, what I have on my, my computer and on my iOS devices. So. But the, the problem with that, and I totally agree with you, Vicki, as far as um, taking recommendations, S- Scott Wilsey, um, who does the pocket size podcast and also and part of my Mac, uh, he recommended very highly the app downcast for podcatching. So finally, I, I bought it. I think it was $1.99. So it wasn't that big of a deal. And what I like about it is I'm a hyper person. So I cannot listen to podcasts at their <laughs> normal speed. And I like the way that you can listen to audio and video podcasts at one times, one and a quarter, one and a half, one and three quarters and two times speed. 
Because you do, you know, there are podcasters out there that talk very, very slowly. So when you make it a quicker speed, it sounds like normal speed. So I can get through them a little bit quicker. And I like that about that. However, I have all sorts of problems with Downcast. A lot of times it crashes on loading and it usually crashes in multiples of three. Um, a lot of times it it will just stop playing. I'll be listening to a podcast and next thing I know it crashes. There's a really big problem I have with crashing. And I mentioned it to Scott and he doesn't have this problem. So I don't know if it's my particular iPad or my particular download but I'm starting to think, okay, time to look for something else yeah. because I'm still I use crashing. Instacast, but there, it has its issues too. Not with crashing, but, you know, other... I hate to use the interface, you know, but this is me. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, I think it sometimes depends on the app because I noticed if you look at any type of app review, Elisa and Vicky, that there's many times people will have problems with crashing. And then there's a, another part of users, another group of users that have no problems at all. You know, Hipstamatic is one that comes to mind. Hipstamatic has been very, very unstable for me. It's a camera app that kind of gives, um, it's very popular in the app store, although it's been going down uh, in the app ratings. But, you know, every time I take a, it, it gives an art effect to your, to your photos. And every time I take, you know, a series of photographs, I end up crashing or just has a long, long hang time and I end up having to get out of the app. But then you go to the app store ratings and some people say, you know, this is the best app that's ever come down the pike. Um, You know, it's never crashed on me. So, you know, it's just, it's really a variable. I don't know because I have quite a big, a bit of free space on my iPhone. So I still don't understand why it crashes so often, but you know, after a while when an app keeps crashing, I just delete it off my phone because it's just too frustrating to use it. You know, that's just me. Yeah, I was thinking about what Vicky said about going to Instacast. Yes, is that, yeah. that was Instacast, yeah. right? Yeah, because I think I had looked at that one first, but because Scott had said such raving reviews about Downcast and they were the same price, I said, well, Scott's used it. Let me Let me give this a try. And at first it was good, but then the crashing. And it's just, it's not a huge big deal, but it's enough where you go, okay, mm-hmm. come on. Uh, the, are you streaming? Or? I don't know if we want to get into and analyze no, no. what the problem is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no I, no, I don't. I mean, occasionally as yeah. it's downloading, it will stream, but I'd say 99% of the time, I just let everything download. There's no, that doesn't make sense. And then, yeah. and then, yeah. And then plays like, what's going on here? Why are you doing this? And I will close the app. I know I've read and I've heard things that say it doesn't make a difference. You can mm-hmm. keep everything open in your um, down at the bottom. You're multitasking. I, yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, a lot of time. I mean, for some apps I do, the ones I use constantly, like, you know, Apple Dabble, because I'm always playing that game. Uh, but And the weather, because I'm always checking weather. But... Downcast, and I only use Downcast on my iPad. I didn't download it onto my phone. If I do listen on my phone, I just use iTunes, which is fine. Um, oh, that's that's the other thing. That was one of the main reasons why I downloaded Downcast because until the last update, podcasts were not playing correctly in iTunes. That's been fixed since this last update, but they weren't playing correctly. They were playing like at slow motion. 
I don't know if you yeah, had, if you had that I problem have. if you ever listened. Yeah, they were listening. Mm-hmm. They were going in slow motion, like a, you know, really slow, and they they no longer have that two times yeah. button. They do on the yeah, phone, I've but not on, on the iPad. See, when I do a review for Scott for Pocket Size Podcast, when I do app reviews, I really, really try to put an app through its paces. I mean, I will use it really heavy. I'll go in and out and. I'll shut things down. I'll keep things open in my multitasking um, screen. I will, you know, um, if it's a camera app, I'll just take a slew of photos and see if it crashes. I'm trying to make it crash. I know that sounds weird, but I'm really trying to see how unstable the app is. Because, you know, I think mm-hmm. for for a fair review, I think, you have to take into consideration, you know, how people are going to use that app. And there's some really, you know, heavy users. So I find that if an app crashes a lot, you know, I definitely would tell them. But lately, I've been reviewing a lot of pretty stable apps. I've been very pleased. I think that um, and, and if an app isn't stable, I I give it a little bit of time before I post the review to see if the developer comes out with an update, which invariably several of them have, you know, they've One that comes to mind is um, Matbox. You know, that one was one that was a little unstable, but the new update is just a great camera app. So I'll be posting reviews shortly on that. So, you know, I I haven't used, um, is it iDowncast or Downcast? Uh, Yeah, I haven't used that one. I tend to just, you know, stream them through Safari. Or iTunes. That's that's how I stream. I'm I'm really lazy. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, just you know, because some a lot of times when I'm out walking, that's when I like, to, or I'm driving in the car. Well, I like to listen to you know podcasts then. So that's when I usually, you know, just I'll just you know stream them. Or a lot of cars now, it's awesome because they have a USB port. So. Right. That's what I do. I, I'm I'm lazy. Sorry, guys. I, don't, I never take the easy way out of things. <laughs> I should. I should. Well, I'm going to. I'm going to lean on you guys in terms of photography because I'm trying to learn how to take better pictures, and I am so. I have no uh, artistic abilities. I take a picture. and I think it looks perfectly fine. And people look at it and say, why did you keep that picture? <laughs> so I, I just, I, I'm just really awkward when it comes down to taking pictures. So I'm going to have to ask you guys about some, some of the products that you use and what could, what you can use. <laughs> oh, you don't want to ask me because <laughs> I'm the same way. I just click, 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 click. Okay. Works for me. Put it in iPhoto. And- I'll tell you exactly what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I brought, I mean, I have DLSRs, which are, you know, the, I have, the Canon system. I didn't do Nikon. I did Canon. And a few years ago when I um, came to France, I brought my Canon and I brought all my lenses and it was, it was just so cumbersome. Thank God for my husband. He was my, my, what is it? Pack mule. I would just say, okay, I need this lens. I need this Mm -hmm. lens. I need this filter. And last year when I came back to France, I brought my Canon point and shoot and my iPhone 3GS and my point and shoot is a 12 megapixel. But what's nice about it it has a great zoom. I can really, it's a great optical zoom. 
So I found that I really like the pictures, even though the 3GS is not a great camera. I really like the photos I took with my 3GS. And I think it was Robert Kappa that said, Vicki, that if your pictures aren't good enough, you're not close enough. So, you know, I would always say try to get as close as you can. And, you know, I'm not a flash person. I always try to take natural light. And I find that the brand new camera with the 4S, it's excellent in low light. It, it, it just beats out all the point and shoot cameras that I've used as far as low light. I can go into a dark church here, you know, say for instance, there's a lot of Gothic um, churches here in, in France and I can go in and they're very dark, you know, many of them are very dark, but the 4S camera plus is probably my favorite camera app. And the reason why I like that app is because it has a, it has two reticules so when you open up the app, Camera Plus, and you tap on the screen, you're going to see a square. And in the square on the, on the right corner, you're going to see a little plus, a little circle. When you double tap with two fingers on the screen, it separates the reticules. So you can move. It looks like a little round circle. And what that is is just an aperture. When you move that round circle around the screen, you can change the exposure so if you, for instance, have a very dark scene and you move that circle around, you can actually lighten up. The, it, it changes the exposure so you're able to take your photo with a, with a proper exposure. But I also have to say that Apple did a fabulous job with the brand new update for the native camera app. And the HDR, they really did, a, uh, did some great improvements with the HDR function. And what HDR is, is high dynamic range. So if you're in a very tricky lighting situation, say, for instance, that if it's a very cloudy day and you have a dark foreground and a very bright background, that if you went and took the photograph, you know, your foreground would be practically black. It would be like a silhouette. But if you put HDR on, and what, where you find that is when you open up the native camera app and on your iPhone, um, you'll see options at the top of the screen. And in those options, you'll have grid, which overlays a grid on your screen if you need that for uh, composition. And it'll say HDR. So if you put HDR on, what it will do, it will, when you go to take a picture, it'll expose for your darkest dark and your lightest light. So you get a properly exposed photograph and it'll usually take two photos. Um, so that's been very helpful as well. So I would advise you that if you're having problems with exposure to either use Camera Plus, which allows you to edit photos, you can crop them and apply all sorts of filters and it saves full res, which I think is very, very important whenever you um, buy a camera app is to make sure it's full resolution for your particular iPhone but also use the native um, camera app and use HDR. So that's my advice. That's my tip of the day. <laughs> As you were talking, I turned on HDR, took a, one picture without HDR and one look, and I see exactly what you're talking about. It does look yeah. much, much better. Huh. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm learning. <laughs> I'll, send my, I'll send my bill in the mail. <laughs> but... Some croissants oh, and pastries. Well, I'm not uh, even going there. I'm going on a diet. They call it un regime in France. I like that. It sounds much better than diet that has the word die in it. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah. but yes, 
Well, if you'd like, I've got a ton of exercise apps on my iPad. Okay, we can talk no, about it. I don't even want to hear about it. But, no. <laughs> Just forget time, it. I had yoga time, and all that. I don't know. Next time, let's talk about the iPad and the camera, which I don't like at all. <gasps> I have to tell you something. I mentioned this, I think, on Scott's. Um, yeah, I did on Pocket Size Podcast. We share. Uh, we're in RL right now, and we share um, a wall with a 11th century church called Saint Trophine. So people are always taking photographs. Um, because our apartment windows look right out onto this square, this town this square. Is, this, this, is you in, this is you in France, right, Orly? This is, yes, moi in France. Okay. And people are taking photos with their iPads. It's amazing. I've never seen anything like it. I've been taking photos of people taking photos with their iPads because I've never seen, I've, <laughs> I've never seen such a phenomenon. People are actually using it like a, like a view camera, like a 8 by 10 camera. It's amazing. So, wow! But you know the iPhone, the Funny. iPhone camera app is pretty good, Vicky. I would, I would try that too. Hmm. Well, why don't we wrap up this podcast by going around and talking about our, not our favorite, but a, a website of interest or an iPad or I, iOS app or Mac app, something, something of interest for this week. Uh, what I chose was Pinterest. P-I-N-T-E-R-E-S-T dot com. And what it is, it's basically like a virtual uh, bulletin board where you can, you go, how do I explain this correctly? You go through and you just can pick out different things and paste them, pin them actually to your bulletin board. So for example, say you were getting married, you're planning your wedding. You could have a bulletin board of wedding dresses that you've seen online that you really like and just put them all under the bulletin board called wedding dress. Then you can pick out flowers and have a bulletin board called flowers. You know, one for your honeymoon, one for um, reception themes, um, mother of the bride dresses, whatever. You know, you could have one for travel, different places that you'd like to go or places that you've been, um, home decorating, just absolutely anything and it's it's a free site all you need is a name your email address and a password and it's just it's another time sucker <laughs> you could be on there because you just click on links and you go oh this and you can follow people like you would, would with twitter you can follow people they don't necessarily have to follow you back but you can say hey i really like this style of this one particular person i'm going to follow that person so when you go on you can check that person's boards and say gee i, I really like their their gardening ideas and you can put some of them onto your own boards i mean it's just it's really it's it's a fun place and it gives you a lot of really good ideas on on just basically anything that you would want to capture and and try to remember and i think it's one of those things that's really good I said for planning a wedding or planning a trip or doing a home remodeling and put everything all in one place. So instead of having to tell maybe your your spouse, let's go to this website and look at this idea. Let's now let's go to this website. Everything is in one place. And you can say, look, these are the ideas I had for um, the kitchen remodel. What do you think about this? All in one place. So it's really it's it's a nice it's it's a fun it's a fun website. Pinterest.com. Do you think it's more for women than men? Fine. There's a lot of men on there, too, because it's not just it's for anything. I mean, you can follow sports. You can follow your favorite beers. You can follow, you know, race car driving. You can follow anything. 
absolutely anything. So there are men on there, too. As if Facebook and Twitter and everything wasn't time-sucking off, right? <laughs> yeah. But at least this this has a more positive... Yeah. I don't want to say Facebook has nothing positive to go because it's a nice way to keep in touch with family and mm-hmm. long-distance friends. But this is good... This is good for, like I said, you know, if you're, you know, like, like you're, you're, you're in the process of a move and you might say, we're throwing out all the old furniture, we're going to buy everything new, when we get to our new destination. So now you can say, you know, let's look at different, different couches and curtains and, you know, dishes mm-hmm. for the kitchen and whatnot, all in one place. And then you get some fantastic ideas. You know, you might not have anything in your backyard right now and you're going to be doing the landscaping. You get some great ideas for landscaping. You know, so it's really, it's, it's a fun place, but it is definitely yeah. a time suck. So, Suze, what are you going to be sharing with us I'm today? I'm going to be sharing a book called IPO. If For those um, of you that are Edgar Allan Poe fans, um, the company that did this book also did a book a while ago called Forgotten Colors. It's the beautiful artwork. It's an interactive book, so it has the the kind of creepy music, but he, there's three stories that they um, articulate in this book. And one is the, let me see, the oval mirror, um, the telltale heart, and oh, I think it's the tale of the red mask, but it's just, it's really beautifully done. Then they have a brief bio of Edgar Allan Poe at the end and also the artist sketchbook. So I would highly recommend IPO. It's for it's definitely for Poe fans, and this is the first part, so the, the first volume. So they definitely will be coming out with more stories, and every almost every page. I wouldn't say every page, but there's a lot of interactivity um, with the stories, which is really nice. So it really makes Poe's stories kind of come alive. I think he would really be impressed with this. And as far as a website for those of you that love cooking. Um, I just made this chocolate mousse tort. It's absolutely to die for. um, I know. It's like, oh, God, it's unbelievable. And France Nestle has these bars called Noir, and that's the secret, a French woman's secret of incredible chocolate mousse. They don't sell them in the States. I don't know why, but they're fabulous, and they're very inexpensive. But David Leibowitz, um, his partner's mother makes this, chocolate mousse cake and he went to her house and he basically because she does it just out of her head so he brought his uh scale and he measured all the ingredients so i said well maybe i'll just have to make this because it's pretty simple it's basically chocolate but it's it's a lot of butter you probably don't even want to know how much butter is in it eggs and sugar (laughs) and that's it and it's you let it refrigerate for two days there's no crust or anything and you just cut it with a knife it's so good so i would definitely check out davidlebowitz.com he has a fabulous blog he lives in paris now he used to be the pastry chef for chez panisse out in um san francisco and uh he writes a very very humorous blog he's absolutely and he just shares some fabulous recipes i absolutely adore him so uh, davidlebowitz.com and ipo for the app for me. 
Thank you for having me gain 10 pounds just by listening <laughs> you, to you. I don't even, I'm not going to ever share, if, I'm not ever sharing any photo for mymac.com. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to try this. I want to see if I can Photoshop myself because I'm thinking, gosh darn it, if they can Photoshop all these actresses, I should be able to make myself 30 pounds lighter for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Vicki, how about you? I'm in school, so I am currently using this note-taking app called PearNote. Um, I'm using it for the Mac and also for the um, on the iOS devices. It's a little pricey, like $39.99 for the Mac version. Um, but the reason why I got it is because not only does it keep track of your records, what you're typing, and... Um, and it also uh, records what uh, the audio of the lecturer. So you can see what you're typing as he's speaking. Um, you can also import um, slides. Uh, the slides are, or, or the PowerPoints have to be converted to PDF. Uh, but uh, once you convert those and import them in, you can actually... Uh, see what slide he's he's lecturing on, and at the same time it keeps track of what you, your 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 notes you're taking. Um, it's um, the note taking part. I think because of the interface being so, you know, slimmed down. Um, you're used to like with Word and different applications being able to format things and make it look real pretty. Well, you can't really do all that. That's the only negative I have about it. Uh, but I do love the fact that the recording and the slides, I can, in essence, just sit back and just let, uh, I don't miss anything. Um, uh, I can just type whatever, if, if it's a, a in-person class, I can type whatever is on the board. Uh, or I can um, just follow along with the slides and know exactly what he's talking about. Um, and it's like reviewing the, cl- the class again. Uh, it's an excellent way for me to, to study also for my, my exams. Um, uh, the, the, the only negative is that it does not use the camera. Um, and that would be really cool. That way I wouldn't even have to write anything even when I'm in class. I, I'm pretty lazy. I like to just sit back and listen instead of actually writing and typing things. And maybe later on looking back and um, reviewing stuff that I didn't quite understand. But um, the price is the only thing that I have a problem with because there are other apps that do some of the same things that are a little cheaper than this. But um, I'm sort of used to it now, so I don't know if I'm going to even try another app. Um, but um, so far, it's doing pretty good for me. And that and that's Pear Note. Pear Note. I like the fruit. P E A R. Ah, because I was thinking P A I R. Okay. <laughs> Well, it's one of those weird words. Oh, yeah, I see. Oh, wow, $40, you're right. Didn't yeah, yeah, that's for the Mac. And you really want it for the Mac. The, um, I found that they the have, iPad. They have an, they have an mm-hmm. iPad version for $5, $4.99. Yeah, I have that too, and I really don't like it. I prefer it on the on the Mac itself. Hmm. Is there a, a, big, a big difference? Um, well, because of the keyboard, you know, um, uh, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Not, that's, that's the only difference. Yeah, it's not a difference in terms of uh, how it works. Um, I just like the, the my MacBook Air's keyboard is much bigger and easier to use. Bigger screen too, because you got the slide yeah. and you're typing and all of the stuff. So you need two different screens up at the same time. So it, it makes it a little difficult. Wah wah wah! Bigger <laughs> screen. <laughs> 
Well, on that lovely note, I think it's probably time to wrap up this inaugural episode of Three Geeky Ladies. Um, if you would like to, if you'd like to reach us on Twitter, it would be twitter.com slash geeky ladies, G-E-E-K-Y-L-A-D-I-E-S. Uh, we will have an email address as of the next episode. We're still working on that right now. Um, anything else that you geeky ladies would like to add? Well, you can reach me at twitter.com slash the Stokes. Um, and, um, of course, uh, you can reach us all at twitter.com. Three geeky ladies. I'm sorry, geeky I ladies. Think, I, I would just like to thank everybody for tuning in to our inaugural episode and uh, keep listening to us. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, yes, like like uh, Suze said, thanks so much for listening, and we will be back in a couple of weeks with um, hopefully another interesting episode. And go okay, Red Sox. On. That's right. Go Red Sox. Go, Red Go Sox. Giants. Go Giants. <laughs> no, no. Just hey, listen. If you're a Yankees fan, you don't have to listen to to three geeky ladies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just giant. Just Giants and Red Sox fans. That's right. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Bye bye. This is Lee Douglas, the host of Old Time Rock and Roll, the largest oldies podcast in the world today. I want to invite you to join us every single day of the week, 24 hours a day, for the best in oldies rock and roll music. We take requests, dedications, and have a playlist of over 110,000 songs. We never play the oldies to death. Join us at www.oldtimer.com. R&R.com. See ya. It's about the days.